Hello and welcome to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I am your host, Bill Montoya, and I have joining me again, Raph. Uh, Logue may jump in here soon. He was out on a job, so I think he was still planning on coming on, but hasn't got on quite yet. So he may be popping in at, at a random point at some at some time to talk about his Panthers. But we have a lot of news to go through, uh, especially in the NFL, a lot of injuries, uh, division standings through two weeks, how we're feeling about our teams. Um, <laughs> I did notice you don't have your 49ers gear on. Feel prepared for this one. <laughs> just just a little bit. That's all right. Raph is is graciously joining us from on the road, so <laughs> you'll have to bear with him not having his 49ers gear on. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about MLB and, and what's coming down to an interesting um, playoff race, uh, especially with that second wild card spot in both leagues. So... We'll get to all of that soon, but I do want to remind you to wherever you're seeing this, make sure that you like, subscribe, uh, and share if you can. We'd appreciate you help getting the the news out there and and getting us out to your friends and family. Uh, Love to have some more interaction. So anything you can do to help us spread the news, we'd appreciate it. So uh, let's go into NFL. So Raph, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to other teams other than your own, but I did want to just quickly go through each division and, and kind of give the standings as they sit through week two. Um, and then we'll talk about any surprise teams, any teams that we think maybe should be hitting the panic button, even though it's only two weeks in. Um, and then, and then we'll talk about our teams in, in more depth. So let's just start with the AFC East. Um, you have the Dolphins at two and oh, Jets at one and one, Bills at one and one and Patriots at 0, at zero and two. Um, any surprise teams there for you? Um, not, no, not really. Not for them. I think the only team that really surprised me was Bills losing to the Jets on opening day, uh, especially with the Rogers injury. I thought they should run all over them, but unfortunately Josh Allen decided to turn the ball over four times in that game. And Zach Wilson did just enough to keep them in there along with that stellar defense. So, um, I think that's the only real surprise to me is that the Jets aren't 0-2 and the Bills are not 2-0. Moving on to my my Raiders division, and that is the AFC West. They are actually currently sitting atop the division at 1-1 because they have that one in-division win against the Broncos. So they're sitting at 1-1. Chiefs are sitting at 1-1. And then the Chargers and the Broncos are at the bottom of the division, uh, sitting at 0-2. So... Any surprises there for you? Um, I, I guess the Chargers a little bit. I would have expected them to be one and one. Um, Denver is well, where I think they should be, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're on the same page there with the Broncos. Chargers, they easily could be two and zero oh if they just had a competent coach, I believe. So I'm hoping Staley will still be around when the Raiders face them. I believe it is in Week Five. Um, the Raiders may be the last game he coaches against or the last team he coaches against if they lose that game. So, um, yeah, Raiders, obviously they barely squeaked by the Broncos in week one. I think they beat them 17 to 16 was the final score. Um, got their butts handed to them by the bills. So they actually have the tied for the worst 
scoring differential in the entire AFC uh, at negative 27. They lost by 28 to the Bills. So just the one-point win against the Broncos brings that to negative 27 tied with the Texans. So that obviously suggests we ran into a team that's much better than us, and I, I think that's very accurate. Um, I knew we were going to get the best shot from the Bills after their performance against the, the Jets, and it was the home opener for them. So I, nothing really surprised me there. The Chiefs have not looked great. Uh, they definitely don't look like the Chiefs yet this year. Uh, they obviously played a very close game with the Lions that first game to open the season on Thursday night, and then they had the extended time to get ready for – who did they just play? The Jaguars. And they only beat them, I think it was 17-9. to nine. So it's not the high-scoring Chiefs offense that we're used to just yet. Uh, I did see that they restructured Patrick Mahomes' contract to give him like 210 million in bonuses right up front to bring him more in line with uh, the rest of the quarterbacks. Basically, they didn't redo the entire contract. They just moved money up from the back end of it. So in 2026, they'll revisit the contract again and probably renegotiate that. Um, I have seen some rumblings that they may be extending uh, Travis Kelsey as well to bring him up to more in line where he should be getting paid as the top uh, tight end in the league where currently he's sitting at like nine. That's not done yet, but there's a lot of rumbling saying it should be done soon. So, and then they obviously just brought back Chris Jones and I think he had a major impact in that Jaguars game. So uh, chiefs are not quite hitting their stride yet, but once they face the the Raiders defense, I think they'll probably turn things around for the, for the rest of the season. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Broncos are sitting right where I thought they would be at the end of the, or towards the end of the season, I, I figured they would be towards the bottom of the, the division. Um, but the way the, the Raiders are training, it's hard to say they, they won't be right there with them. So right now, uh, Raiders fans, I know we're not feeling great coming off that Bills loss, but if you look at the division standings, we're, we're right there at the top. So uh, I'll go more into the Raiders when we, when we get through all these standings here through week two. Um, and obviously I have more to say about a couple of situations going on with them, but uh, AFC North, you have the Ravens sitting at 2-0. and um, I don't think, I mean, they've had a couple wins, obviously, but I don't think any of them were super convincing. Uh, they just beat the Bengals that are really banged up right now. Uh, they're struggling to do anything on offense, and I've seen quite a few. In fact, you sent me one of the memes the other day saying Joe Burrow, since he got paid, is essentially Andy Dalton. So a lot of those floating around. Um, I know he re-aggravated that uh, calf injury again, so he may even end up missing some time, and they're already 0-2 in the division. So that's not great. They were my Super Bowl team for the AFC, and in fact, I, I think I picked them to win it. So okay. that's well, not looking I, good. I picked them to lose to the Niners in the Super Bowl. Well, that's just because um, you're a homer, but it's fine. <laughs> but, and yeah, and the Ravens barely beat the Bengals. 27-24, so. Yeah, I can't remember who they beat up on in week one. That was a convincing the win. But that's who it was, yeah, Texans. So that's Which, not really an impressive win. No. Um, but yeah, they barely beat the Bengals. I think they beat them by three, if I remember right. So yeah, um, Steelers, currently, Steelers and Browns are currently sitting at one and one. Um, obviously, the Steelers just played last night. They played the Browns and, and ended up winning that game. But I would say 
short of the the defense. It was not a, a very good showing by the Steelers. And I'll have some more notes from Kyle. Obviously, he's not on right now, but he gave me a couple thoughts to when we go over each of our teams. Uh, I'll I'll read his thoughts on on where they are. Um, in fact, Raiders and Steelers play this week, so we'll have to break that th- game down a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I think the Bengals are probably my number one surprise team, uh, just because all that momentum they had coming off of last season. And then you had Joe Burrow getting that contract that I never thought the owner of the Bengals would ever give out. In fact, I, w- I was almost thinking that they might let Joe Burrow walk because that owner is such a tight, t- such a tight wad that I thought he might let the franchise quarterback get away. Um, uh, but anyway, all that momentum and yeah, like you said, you lose two in the division right off the bat and you your star quarterback has the calf injury lingering from from before the season started. That might be one of those situations where now you're looking at maybe best case is a, a, a wild card spot and it's really hard to recover from a, a two game deficit in the division. Uh, especially if the Ravens are going to run away with it, like it looks like they might to start the season, but I guess we'll see. Um, anything else in, in, in those three that you wanted to talk about before we move on to South? Um, no, not really. Okay. All right. So AFC South, we have a three-way tie at the top for uh, Jaguars, Colts, Titans, they're all one and one. And then you have the Texans sitting at 0 and 2. Um, Jaguars obviously just lost to the Chiefs. So that wasn't a surprising loss, so to speak. Uh, but they did beat the Colts at the beginning of the season. So technically, they sit at the top with that one division win. Um, I think that's where we expect them to be and remain throughout the rest of the season. Is that still your feeling about the, the Jaguars after seeing them through the first uh- few weeks? Yeah, I mean, well, like the whole South, like, you know, 500, give or take a game. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're all expecting. I mean, I picked the Jags, I think, is the number two seed in my pickums, just because I feel like they're going to beat up on the division. But uh, the Colts have actually impressed me with what they've shown so far, especially with that Jonathan Taylor. Um, but obviously, Anthony Richardson, he went out in the first quarter with a concussion. Um, so we'll see how quick he recovers from that. But luckily, they do have Gardner Minshew as a backup. So he's definitely a serviceable quarterback in this league, and he's been there before. Uh, probably not going to be a sustainable starter for you for the length of the season, but he definitely is capable of stepping in and backing up and, and playing as needed. So the Titans, I think, are actually going to be one of those teams that I, I picked him to be right around 500 and, and be the second place in this division. Uh, just because I felt the Colts and the Texans were so bad. Um, so I, I think I might even pick the Titans as like the, the last seed in the playoffs. I, I can't remember. We never ended up posting those. So we'll have to go back in and, and maybe just, since we haven't talked about it, just post our, our preseason picks um, just so we have them on record. But um, yeah, I think the Titans will be right up there towards middle. Colts wouldn't surprise me now seeing them play a couple games if they're towards the middle as well. Uh, and the Texans, even though they've lost, and like you said, they've got the one of the worst differentials, I think that they should be very impressed with what they've seen from C.J. Stroud so far. 
I mean, I think he's third overall for rookie in passing yards and touchdowns through two games, if I remember right. I know he is I, for sure in I passing. Paying attention, so. Oh man, he's been a stud. I mean, obviously they don't have a ton around him, but he looks like he's the real deal. Um, in fact, I would say between him and Richardson, they look like the best rookie um, quarterbacks thus far. So, and we'll we'll talk about some, especially if Logue jumps on. We'll talk about some that haven't looked so good. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I think that division's kind of shaping up how. I expected other than the Colts have kind of surprised me, which my uncle Gary is a, is a Colts fan. So I'm sure he'll be happy if Anthony Richardson ends up being what it looks like he could end up being. Um, And I would even say he's ahead of schedule based on what, what they've gotten out of him in these first two games. So, yeah. I mean, even with Minshew, like, you know, he's got some Fitz magic qualities to him. So he should hold them over. Yeah, it's, it's funny because that's exactly who I was thinking he he reminded me of in terms of his ability to come in and back up and play well for a couple games. But if you try to play him for an entire season, it doesn't go well. <laughs> he, he does just well enough for you to question if he should be the starter until you start him. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's not a starter. Um, <laughs> OK, so let's move on to the NFC now. You got the NFC East, which this is. One of those divisions that's actually shaping up to look pretty tough. Again, um, you've got Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders are all sitting at 2-0, and which really surprises me. And then the Giants at 1-1. One and one. Um, And quite honestly, the Giants have been one of the most disappointing teams in the league. They just squeaked out a three-point win over the Cardinals, Cardinals. after giving up, like, I think it was a 21 nothing lead to, in the first half. And then they ended up coming back and winning, I think it was 31-28. Yeah, so, that's what I'm looking at right now. So Epic collapse by the Cardinals in that game. And Giants, I mean, if they could play like they did the second half for an entire game, I, I think that they would be right where I picked them in that second in this division. But it's been very inconsistent. And, in fact, I they didn't have a touchdown through, I think it was five and a half quarters to start the season. So not a great start for them. And there's already people, you know, questioning if Dabble was one hit wonder. Um, and then Squan, you got him out with an injury. It, so I think it was six quarters because I'm just looking at it. Like they scored in the third quarter against the Cardinals. Okay. So. Yeah. And it was six quarters to start the season. So that obviously not a great start. Uh, Darren Waller, he. So this should make Raiders fans feel better about trading him. The hamstring issue that he had with the Raiders that kept him out, I think it was 15 games in the past two seasons he was with the Raiders. Um, It's already crept crept back up with him on the Giants, and they said it's a nerve issue, not the muscle issue. So that's going to linger probably for the entirety of his career. So for them to get a third-round pick out of trading him, it's starting to look a lot better than it did when when we initially saw that trade. So... Um, obviously you, you hope he recovers, but anytime you have nerve issues in it, in a specific body part, it, it doesn't usually just go away on its own. So we'll see how he does with that. Um, Cowboys defense looks great, but I don't feel like they really had any, I mean, they played the giants the first game and the giants kind of just waved the white flag in the, after the first half. And then they played, 
a Zach Wilson-led New York Jets offense, uh, which is, I mean, if you look at what they did last year, it was historically bad. So I don't know that you should cash those uh, Cowboy Super Bowl tickets just yet, Cowboys fans. But uh, I mean, you know, let them get hyped up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a yearly cycle, right? Right now, they beat up on. I think they're at the step where they beat up on weaker opponents and they all are coming out of the woodwork saying we damn boys. And then the playoffs come around and, and this, the cycle starts again. So uh, uh, commanders have been a huge surprise to me. Uh, Eagles, no surprise. I think we all picked them to repeat in this division. So, um, but it is good to see the commies getting some fan engagement back and all the former players. Now that Dan Snyder has left, seem to be re-engaged as well so good stuff good stuff there um anything else in that division you have i mean as far as the the commanders go like i mean i was kind of thinking that they would pull something together so they they have a good defense and then like terry mclaurin's a great weapon i mean they have some weapons on offense it's always just been quarterback and Sam Howell, I guess we'll see. Right now, he's playing actually pretty good ball, and he had a couple very impressive throws against the Broncos in that second half. So, I mean, maybe they found their answer at quarterback. Uh, they've been searching for a long time, so I guess we'll see. Uh, seemed like they, you know, finally found their answer with Alex Smith, and then he had that horrific injury. So, yeah, like uh, like Nick Chubb just had so. Oof, yeah, that was ugly. Probably should have talked about that with the Browns, but we'll get to it. We've got a whole list of notable injuries that have happened thus far, and, I mean, we're just barely going to be touching on them because there's been so many, and some are obviously season-ending. Some are just a couple weeks, like Saquon I just mentioned. He's only projected to miss maybe two to three weeks. They're still saying they haven't ruled him out for this upcoming week, but I, I find a... a I find it hard to believe that they would put him back in after just a few days. So, um, all right, let's move on to your division. So we have the NFC West. <laughs> this one has been very puzzling to me, uh, but I'll, I'll have you start. How are you feeling about your, your 49ers? Um, well, I mean, the defense out of the gate was pretty slow against the Rams. Um, I kind of figured they would be ready for it, considering what they did in Seattle. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it took us till like, the second half, and then towards the end, you know, we got a couple of turnovers that helped us out. Um, so that was a little worrisome. Uh, and then, you know, everybody's talking about Purdy's overthrowing, but I'll take some overthrows over a lot of like panic dump passes that I've seen in some of the other games. I thought you were going to say then Jimmy's under throws, which saw a couple of those last week. I, I, I wanted to watch the game. I missed it. And I was, yeah. I mean, he had, I can't remember who it was. that was running wide open and had he just thrown it the 50 yards he was, it would have been a walk away touchdown to the end zone, but he underthrew it threw it like 40 yards and ended up getting like it wasn't intercepted but it got knocked down i think it was to trey tucker if i remember right so i have to go back and watch that game because 
I was very frustrated basically after the first drive. It was just very bad. But no, your your 49ers have definitely impressed me. Um against the Rams, I it's so hard to pick those division games because I mean you see them twice a year. They know most of your players, they know most of what you want to do. So they're usually closer than you expect them to be. Uh, I had the Rams as I think the second worst team in the league. Uh or in the yeah, in the national in the NFC conference. NFC, there you go. Um and they've actually surprised the hell out of me so far. Like Sean McVay is obviously a great coach and I didn't think he would come back because of how bad this team was going to be. He was contemplating retirement and all that, but uh, Stafford looks healthy. Yeah. Um, I expected him to be a little rusty, but he's, no, he looks great. He came, came out swinging. So, well, and cups out. So I thought for sure they were going to struggle, especially at the start of the season between Stafford and cup. And I mean, they got that Puka Nakua from BYU. That's got like the most, receptions through two games for a rookie in a long time and then 2-2 Atwell's been doing pretty well uh, you got Van Jefferson so they have some weapons on offense in fact they already said today that they were shopping Cam Akers because he's basically been taken out of the rotation so yeah I saw um, that like a healthy scratch or something yeah which they had issues with him last last year where he had attitude problems or whatever. So they just benched him and tried to reach a trade. No one really wanted him. Uh, the weird thing that I saw was the Raiders were one of the teams that inquired about potentially trading for cam makers. Uh, so that, that could be a little curveball because we've seen nothing from our, uh, our backups, but getting back to your Niners, the best the Browns thing will trade for him. <laughs> they could, but it sounds like they might just bring back, um, Kareem Hunt, he he was visiting with them today, and then they had that rookie that Ford came in the game. Yeah, Ford. You had like well. a seventy-yard run or something. I saw that. Yeah, I don't think he's quite the you know Nick Chubb. He's not going to be the heavy load carrier, but he is that change of pace back that's got the speed. If he can get to the edge, he can break those seventy-yarders. So um, he looks okay. Um, but no, your your forty-niners. I thought it was very impressive what they did against the Rams when they didn't necessarily have their best. They still put up what 30 points. I think they beat them 30 to 23. Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. of that last second field goal for no reason. Hey, no, there's, there's no, there's a reason. <laughs> McFay wanted that backdoor cover. So good thing. I'm not a gambling person. <laughs> yeah. That would be a, a pretty tough beat right there, but. No, Seahawks, I mean, they look great on offense. Defense hasn't been quite what it was last year. I think they're going to be very dependent on the, the turnover. So I think they're going to be able to put up as many points as they want, essentially, on the offensive side of the football. And then they're going to be dependent on getting some turnovers to, to get the ball back in their offense's hand and get their defense off the field, at least in the, the early part of the season. Usually you'll, you'll have the defense pick up towards the, the second half of the season, um, especially with the amount of rookies and, and second-year players they have on it. So um, I wouldn't write Seahawks off by any means, but the Rams definitely surprised me. And then the Cardinals blowing that epic lead that they had in the second half against the Giants was less than impressive. And um, I mean, the fact that they had that kind of lead 
was a little impressive. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, your coach is a defensive-minded coach, and you don't want to see those kind of leads blown. So I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're very undermanned on that team, so it's hard to hold it against them. But the way that the Giants were playing through the first six quarters of the season um you, you just thought that that was one of those wins that the cardinals was going to get one of the the few um okay let's move on to the nfc north you have packers and lions at one and one and then the vikings and the bears at zero and two um let, let me hear your thoughts first go ahead any of those teams you want to hit first well i mean like I said, the uh, the Vikings were going to get lucky this year. Um, and Fields is not a good quarterback. So that's expected. I've, I've got a few Bears friends. I see their Facebook posts. They are mad. One of them was like trying to start a GoFundMe to go pay off Fields and get rid of him. And, um, oh, and man. Then, and then the Packers and the Lions, like, you know, there's still a lot of question marks with them, and I don't think either one of us expected them to have, you know, like, you know, 14 and 3 or nothing like that. I think we were both, like, 10 to 12 wins maybe for the Lions. So they're they're kind of, you know, where we thought what they would be. Yeah. Like, in, yeah, I I've been pretty impressed with the, what the Packers have been able to do on offense with you know their new quarterback in Jordan Love. Obviously, he's not. This is kind of like his rookie season because it's the first one he's starting, but he's been in the league for I think three years now, um, backing up Aaron Rodgers. So I think he's probably picked up a lot. Um, we just didn't know what to expect since we hadn't seen him in more than I think he played two games last year. Um, Lions, I think, will still be at the top of the division. And like you said, the Vikings, they were 11-0 and last year in one-score games, and this season they're already 0-2 in one-score games. So that seems their luck is reversing. And then the Bears, yeah, they've been atrocious. I think they have the second-worst uh, point differential other than the Giants um, yeah, yeah, in the entire NFL. So um, I don't know what's going on with that team. I feel like... It's the the change in coordinator. Um, not that Nagy was good at all, but I feel like it's, you know, another season for Fields to learn another offense. I wouldn't write him off yet. A lot of the things that he excels at, they haven't even been doing. Like, I think they've only run a couple designed runs for him. Uh, he's really been told to make the passes in the pocket and not scramble a ton. And that's not his game. He can definitely throw the football. I'm not saying he can't, but if you want him to just sit back there and be a pocket passer, that's not his strengths. That's not playing to his strengths. And then you have guys going out there like Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's hardly <laughs> one of my favorites. Yes. So Chase Claypool's going out there and basically just giving the absolute minimum to not get cut, which I feel like that's probably where this is heading towards. Uh, any teams out there that are potentially looking at acquiring a Steelers wide receiver that the Steelers are willing to get rid of, 
don't do it. Don't do it. They know their receivers. They know who's good. If they're willing to get rid of a wide receiver, you don't want them. Uh, let's see. AB, Chase Claypool. There was another one that the Raiders traded for that his name's slipping me right now. He's currently playing in like the XFL because he was so bad. Uh, I was thinking uh, about Juju. Yeah, Juju. Is, what, like on the Patriots now. Yeah, he's think, on his right? third team. He, he did all right for the Chiefs last year, but I mean, if if the Steelers are willing to get rid of a wide receiver, it's because they're either past their prime, they're losing their mind, or they aren't a good effort player. So um, anyway, Bears are pro- learning that they probably shouldn't have made that trade. Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's not forget last year they were, what, 3-14? and 14? So it's not like this is a, a good team that – Justin Fields has the go has to play with. They didn't add a ton, so um, I don't know. I I feel like it's too early to give up on him, but I can definitely see the Bears fans' frustrations. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's hardly any like. What is this? His second or third year in now, right? Second, I believe. Yeah. So hardly any second-year quarterbacks sit in the pocket they're all still scramblers like that that they just got to grow out of it you know but i don't know if you you should necessarily say grow out of it because that's where the nfl is going to right now like your brock purdy's your jimmy g's those quarterbacks are are the exceptions these days the ones that are just going to sit in the pocket and and make throws where players are open for Injury wise, you you don't want to scramble a lot. Like that's it's the downside. Nice to have it. Yeah. It's 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 nice to have that ability, but you know, like a lot of newer quarterbacks, they just it's like a sixty forty for them scrambling. I guess this is Fields' second or sorry, third season. So I don't think he he's starting his first year though, right? He played in a few games. I don't think he started right off the bat, but yeah. So this is his second full season. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I would pump the brakes on saying we need to get rid of him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's definitely – I mean, you see what Josh Allen does. He's still one of the top running threats in the Bills' entire offense. Granted, Cook was able to run for like 140 yards or something stupid against the Raiders because they decided they just didn't want to play that game. Um, so he didn't have to do that, but ideally you don't want your quarterback to be, you know, a run first quarterback because it doesn't usually end up working very well long-term with their health. I mean, we've seen that with Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman. That's why I'm so excited to see what he does with someone that's better suited to, to take advantage of his strengths, uh, and allow him to pass the ball a little bit more with, with his new coordinator and Monken. So, um, that's what I think fields. And, and that's the frustrating thing for a lot of these quarterbacks that get drafted so high and kind of what, you know, Caleb Williams, his dad alluded to it. It sucks because you're going to the worst team and you don't really have a choice. So the only choice is either go back to college or come out and try to make the team better. But a lot of the times it's not the ideal situation to be in. So, I mean, we could see, 
Fields moved on from after this season if if the things don't turn around, and I don't know how they really will because I don't feel like they added a ton on that offense other than, um, oh, shoot, his name's escaping me, from the Panthers, the DJ Turner. They traded for him this past offseason to get him a true number one. Um, that That's not the right name. It can't be. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Bears wide receiver. If Flo goes on, he'd tell me right now because, you know, that was his favorite receiver on the Panthers. DJ Moore. There we go. I had the DJ right. Wrong last name. Um, so outside of that, I mean, you got rid of David Montgomery, the running back. Don't have much to throw to. Don't have a great offensive line. So it's it's going to be a tough, tough situation there for for Fields and the Bears. Um, all right, let's move on to the South, which is one of the most confusing divisions in football for me. Um, <laughs> it's crazy because you had three 2-0 teams, and we were saying that this is the weakest division in football, which I still think it is. I think there's a obviously very small sample size here. Uh, you got the Falcons currently sitting at the top of the division at 2-0. I picked that. I hope it stays that way. You got the Saints at 2-0 and as well, and then you have the Bucks, another team that I said was going to be the worst team in football, sitting at 2-0. and And then the Panthers, who I think I picked second in this division, uh, they're currently sitting at 0-2, and their uh, rookie quarterback is really struggling. So uh, I'll, I'll have some notes here from Logue, hopefully. Uh, here shortly that I'll go over when we talk about our teams, but any surprises there for you? Um, so, I mean, like I never thought Baker was the problem in Cleveland. So <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm a little surprised that they've, you know, gotten like two wins right now, but I didn't expect them to be any like that close to the bottom. Like yeah. I was expecting like 500 or so. Um, and then I, I thought new Orleans was going to do good, even though, you know, as a part-time bucks fan, I'm supposed to hate them. Um, and then, well, yeah, to be I mean, fair, the saints have a four point <laughs> differential in two wins. So they've won two, Two yeah, one score games. Like, like it, it, it's close, but like, yeah, like I, I always lately been discounting the Falcons, the Dirty Birds, until like all these articles I see, you know, talking about all the good guys they got. So I had to look into it. So, you know, so I, I, I guess they're, they're where they're supposed to be, according to everybody else. <laughs> That's where I picked them. Um, I think they have just a really dynamic offense. The only question mark you really have is the quarterback and Desmond Ritter. Uh, but Arthur, jeez, uh, Arthur, their quarterback, no, sorry, their head coach, he's very impressed with him, uh, says he's their guy. So, I mean, if he thinks he can make him work, 
Plus, they missed uh, Cordero Patterson in the last game. They call him the Joker because he plays so many roles, very similar to your Debo or Christian McCaffrey. They kind of just put him wherever on the field. Um, and and he's going to be a huge asset to that on top of the, you know, Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts. You got Bichon just making absolutely ridiculous runs. So I think they're going to be a good team all throughout the season. I just I, – I feel like – the Falcons as like an organization is probably one of the, I guess, I don't, I I feel like unremarkable is not the right word or like maybe quiet. Like if I was trying to list off all 32 teams, I'll be like, I'd probably get to the Falcons last (laughs) just because I forget about them. You know, like more people know about the Cardinals because it's a, it's a, I don't know. A poop show. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and like, there's just, oh, that's right. The Falcons are an NFL team, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it seems like they haven't had much street cred since uh, Vic left the team for the whole dog fighting stuff. Um, and that blowout Super Bowl come from yeah, the yeah. thing. 28-3, not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was with your head coach as the offensive coordinator. He wasn't the head coach. <laughs> hey, he wasn't telling the defense to let Brady score all those points. So No, but he was like, hey, let's do dropbacks. Dropback passes when we're up 20 when all we need to do is run out the clock. And then Ryan gets sacked, strip sack. Take him to the house. You know, <laughs> they could have kneeled and it would have been more effective than what he called. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, Bucks have definitely surprised me. They have an aging defense. A lot of their, I mean, they lost their center, I believe. I can't remember if he was center Jensen? or guard. Yeah, Jensen. I think he was the center. The guy that played through that injury and then ended up probably ending his career early. Um so they've lost basically every everyone from that core other than Mike Evans and uh, Godfrey still Which there, I believe. They're not re-signing. Or so Godwin. He's probably going to be on a trade block or something. I, I bet they'll keep him if they are staying competitive. And, I mean, really, that division, I think, to stay competitive, all you're going to need to do is be around 500. So um, – Derek Carr and the Saints have looked pretty bad on offense. Luckily, that defense is, you know, still pretty good with an aging core. I did see that they just extended Cam Jordan another two years. Um, But, I mean, you can tell how much they believe in Carr in the fact that they brought Taysom Hill on to ice the game (laughs) (laughs) against the Panthers that have looked atrocious. Um, I think well, and the Panthers aren't getting any help. They just lost Shaq Thompson uh, for the season, most likely. So that's going to be a, a rough hole to dig out of for the Panthers, especially since those two losses have been in the division, one to the Saints and one to the Falcons. So I think unfortunately for Logue, I think we're – what, what was that? I think morale is going to be an issue for them. Yeah, I think they'll be a much better team next year if if the quarterback can take the next step. But, I mean, Bryce looks like a child out there. And 
I don't know how you get around that. I mean, he can put on some weight, sure, but I mean, he's not going to grow. <laughs> it, it's a tough look. I don't know. We'll see what they. I think the defense is, has all the pieces that they need. The only problem is Brian Burns has been holding in essentially. You know, I think he played in the last or in the first two games, but I don't think he's been practicing much. Um, and he wants a new contracts similar to Nick Bosa's that just got signed. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near that, but might be a decent trade piece where they can bring in some extra assets because they're not ready to compete just yet if they were to trade him. And I, I just so happen to know a team that could use some some help at pass rush, uh, which maybe we'll just go right into that. Are there any other things you want to talk about in standings? Uh, no, I, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. So <clears throat> we'll, we'll go into our team specifically and how we're feeling about them through the first two weeks. Um, Raiders, I mean – they just got manhandled on on both sides of the football by the Bills. Obviously, they beat the, the Broncos in Denver, so that that's a really good win to start the season. Um, and like I said, going into the game against the Bills, I knew they were going to get the Bills' best shot because they lost to a Zach Wilson-led Jets. Uh, and, you know, everyone has basically been talking about how awful Josh Allen is since the about halfway through last year. So I knew we were going to get his best shot. I think he went, ended up going like 34 for 37, passing the football, uh, three touchdowns, 275 yards. Uh, I think he also had about 40 rushing. So uh, just a, a really impressive performance from him. Corralled his uh, gunslinger mentality a little bit and, and took the throws that were in front of him rather than trying to force those deep shots to, to Stefan Diggs. And I really don't think the Raiders were able to counter that because they were expecting him to take those shots. They basically played zone all game and, and tried to keep the ball in front of them. Um, or sorry, tried to not let anyone go behind them. Pass rush wasn't getting home. Uh, other than Max Crosby, I mean, no one even really sniffed getting close to Josh Allen in, in the in the pocket. He rolled out a couple times and we had a a couple, I think we had two sacks on the game, but those were not necessarily like, uh, they didn't come from our front four. I think other than Max, he had a, a tipped ball on a Josh Allen pass that ended up getting intercepted, but there was a penalty, of course, because every time we've had a turnover this season, we've had a penalty that's negated it. But anyway, other than that one push from, from uh, Max Crosby, I don't think we really even got to the quarterback other than those two we had basically – uh, two linebackers that came through untouched. They just didn't block them. Um, so it was just having one more person rushing than we than they had blocking. Um, but Tyree Wilson looks like he's moving in quick quicksand. I mean, he he's not getting off the ball at the snap. I mean, Brian Baldinger, Baldy, he does those breakdowns of all his favorite players, and then he does you know some players that needs need to work on some things. He's highlighted Tyree Wilson two weeks in a row for how bad he is at rushing the passer. And I know we weren't counting on him to have to do this so so quick. He's coming off the, the season-ending surgery in college. He didn't get much of a training camp. Um, in fact, he got cleared, I think, <clears throat> the week before the season started. So, he, I mean, he had a very, very quick get-ready 
Chandler Jones has been missing, which I'll, I'll go into that in just a second. But I mean, Tyree Wilson has been a, a major late letdown, but I don't think it's his fault. Like you said, he didn't get much training camp, didn't get any practice in. So they kind of just threw him into the fire to see what he can do. Malcolm Koontz has been able to get to the pass passer, but he he's terrible in the, in the run game. So it's almost like pick your poison. Do you want someone that doesn't contribute at all? But I mean, if he gets his licks in now, maybe, maybe he gets exponentially better towards the end of the season. Or do you want to put Koontz in there and then they can just run at him all day. So a lot of things going on with the Raiders. Um, they need to improve that pass rush. They need to get someone in the middle of that defensive line that can, you know, actually move the offensive, the opposing offensive line. Cause right now they have, I think four of the worst rated defensive linemen in all of football, according to PFF and they're rotating those guys in. So other than max is basically just a bunch of guys that you could probably pick anyone off, <laughs> up off the street and they'll do better at this point. Um, so I don't know who's out there free agent wise or any trades that could be available. I know, uh, who I'd like to see them pick up is actually on the bills. And, um, he actually got delegated to a backup pass rusher, uh, this year on the defensive line. Um, his name's slipping me. So I'm looking him up right now. I really need to have this stuff written down. So I have to look it up every time, but you know, Let's see. Jordan Phillips from the the Bills. I think he would be a, a major addition. He's just a, a hefty guy in the middle of the, the defensive line that can push centers, guards back into the quarterback and, and generate that rush. If you have that, it makes Max Crosby's job a lot easier. It makes Tyree Wilson's job a lot easier. So they need to get some help there. And part of the reason they can't just go out and get some help is because Chandler Jones. Uh, I don't know if you've been following that situation at all, but let's just say I don't know what's going on with Chandler Jones, but he is posting some whack shit on Instagram and Twitter and then claiming his account's been hacked. But then later that day, or I guess pre just earlier that day, his account has been posting videos of himself like that same day. So like, I, I think he's going through a mental health crisis. Obviously I'm not, uh, someone that can evaluate that or whatever, but based on what I see from what he's posting and who he's interacting with on Twitter, Instagram, uh, these people are, you know, they messaged him two years ago based on these shared conversations that he's sharing and he's replying to them now, two years later, uh, like LeBron James. Uh, Maybe uh, then, he's letting Antonio Brown, uh, yeah, I mean, check he, out his page or something. <laughs> he he did say that he was on Antonio Brown's side against the Raiders earlier in this whole tirade. Then he accused Mark Davis of molesting his goddaughter or something. Like this guy has gone off the deep end with whatever he's accusing people of, and like he shared a video of himself flexing in the mirror two days ago. And like, he looks like he's probably down to like 200 pounds maybe. And he's a defensive end that's supposed to be playing at, you know, like 265 or so. So it looks like he's lost about 60 pounds. I'm uh, on my vacationing and traveling to Wyoming. 
I'm up to 223. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a lot taller than you, but poof. Like, can you well, imagine? That's even worse. Yeah, it, I know. Yeah, I'm 5'9 and 223. You know, if yeah. he's 6-something and 200. Yeah, I think he's 6'3 and he <laughs> looks like he's probably about 200. So he's not going to get any pass rush. And that's the thing. At this point, it's frustrating to me that the Raiders won't, like, put him on, you know, the exempt list like, or whatever. Or, like, pup or something? or Yeah. Non-football-related, whatever. Because right now, he's carrying a roster spot. So we can't bring someone in to replace him. And obviously, you could probably start to explore the contract conduct detrimental to the team but i don't think they want to explore that route yet because they want to help him and if they cut him he no longer has access to the resources but right now it's i mean i can't imagine mark davis dave ziegler josh mcdaniels are too impressed with seeing this stuff out there being you know sent out in the public scene rather than being taken care of behind the scenes um so I feel like that situation has to come to a head this week. Um, I don't know what's going on, but anyway, that's that's just some of the problems we have on the defense. We also have our defensive coordinator was told that he has to go up to the booth instead of being on the sideline so he can see the game better. Uh, obviously, things aren't going well on the defensive side of the football, so that may be signaling that there might be a change coming sooner than later on the defensive coordinator position for the Raiders. So I don't know right now we're, we're definitely a mess on the verge of becoming a, a complete disaster already two games into the season, even though we're currently sitting at the top of the division. Uh, I think this game coming up between the, the Raiders and Steelers will have a huge impact on, on where we go the rest of the season. So Sunday night football game at home against your, you know, rivals from the 70s probably the most bitter rivals outside of the division so i don't know we'll see i'll, I'll talk about uh kyle Steelers after you go with your your 49ers i mean well i mean i, I kind of talked about them already when we we're talking about the divisions um you know like the little slow defense in the beginning um and then i guess you know iuk's like shoulder collar injury but it from what i heard and read it it's not serious like it could have been like i i think something with this clavicle but it's not broken it's more of a see how it goes how he feels situation but i mean we have we have plenty of other people to pick up the slack so like debo you know like you know i got hurt so he didn't play as much during the game Debo got a lot more uh, little halfback passes and such. And, you know, then you got, like, Quan Jennings. He's always ready to go. So um, even if Ayuk has to take a, a small role, especially since we're playing Thursday against the Giants, um, you know, we should be okay. Yeah. Is that a game that you, you know, that quick turnaround you worried about at all? I mean, obviously the Giants have not looked great other than that second half against the Cardinals. 
Um, well, we're not the Cardinals, so um, I, I'm kind of wondering if the Niners may have been underestimating the Rams, even though they had a great game against the Seahawks. Maybe yeah. they're not like, oh, it's the Seahawks. It's a one-off. Um, but now, obviously, the Rams are not a one-off. So, you know, I guess we probably helped everybody's eyes open towards the Rams, so they're going to take it more seriously. So, you know, we just we had to take that beating a little bit. Um, uh, but, yeah, the way the Giants have been, and I think uh, hopefully the Rams game kind of woke everybody up to – take everything more serious and not take all the hype that everybody's you know a lot of people are saying you know they're already counting us in for like being in the Super Bowl and stuff and like all that stuff so we need to get humbled a little bit so I mean the Rams did that a little bit and hopefully they just you know keep that in mind going forward um I like I already said I think Saquon's going to miss that game. So that's probably their top offensive weapon. I mean, I don't know how you guys do at containing quarterback runs, but that would be my main concern with the, the Giants is Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, actually quite mobile. But. That's, I mean, Russell Wilson, you know, when he was with the Seahawks, we could just never contain him. So, um, you know, I mean, you know, Hargrave was doing good and stuff. And as, you know, now Bosa is back and, you know, knocking the dust off and stuff. And I, I feel like our defense is going to be a little bit more together, even though it's a short turnaround. So, yeah, I guess those Thursday nights are the only thing that really scared me because I was thinking about taking you guys in Eliminator this week. But then I was like, yeah, Thursday night games are tough. Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I got to do all that stuff. I'm in so many like pickums and things. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's go to the Steelers. I just got a quick note from Kyle um, just because obviously he's not on. So I asked him for quick thoughts on the Steelers. And then I said, who you, who you got in the Steelers versus Raiders for, for this weekend. Um, and he said, thank God for the defense. Without them, we'd probably be you know, oh, and two. Um, Canada is still Canada. Matt Canada, the uh, offensive coordinator, definitely a lot of calls for him to be fired. I think they even had a chant there in in <laughs> Pittsburgh saying "Fire Canada." The last, or were they were they in <sighs> Cleveland? No, they were in Pittsburgh last night. Uh, yeah, I think they were in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but, so there was a fire Canada chant. I, I, I think it was in the fourth I quarter. I feel like so. the Steelers fans are missing out on a good opportunity for a blame Canada from South Park. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then he said Pickett doesn't look comfortable yet this season, but he is going to pick the Steelers versus the Raiders on Sunday Night Football, and he said it would be a field goal or less. I think last I saw the spread was Steelers minus one, so – I mean, it's essentially a pick 'em at that point, but um, I don't know. 
I don't know what to think with the Raiders. I, I feel like they're going to come out a little more inspired than uh, what we saw from them against the Bills, especially since it's the home opener for the Raiders. But I also know the home opener for the Raiders is probably going to be half Steelers fans because, you know, that's what Vegas is. Bunch of traveling fans and you have all the ticket season ticket holders that are trying to make some of their money back. So they're selling those tickets to the highest bidder. And it's usually the visiting team that's coming in for a, a weekend trip to, to Vegas. So I don't know. I, I really have a hard time picking this game um, just because our offense really hasn't done much. I mean, especially Josh Jacobs, he had negative two rushing yards against the bills um, and not, Obviously, not all of that is his fault. He was getting hit four yards as soon as he had the, or as soon as he got handed the ball. I mean, he was already getting hit four yards in the backfield. So I think he had nine carries, negative two yards. They bring in Zeus, the backup for the garbage time, and he had two nice runs and then fumbled the football, turned it over. So I think that's why they're looking at Cam Akers, is they don't trust their running back room other than Josh Jacobs. And I, I really think him missing all the training camp and all the practices leading up to the season are are the reason they're not necessarily on the same page. But that interior offensive line is just getting pushed back. So with the defensive line that the Steelers have, I, I have a hard time thinking that the Raiders are going to turn it around in this one. Um, but the Raiders or the Steelers offense is also struggling very mightily. So I think it's probably going to be a real low scoring game. Like whoever gets to 17 probably wins. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be like a 17, 14 game. And right now I have more faith in the Raiders offense, but I mean, the Steelers defense can score like we saw against the Browns forced four turnovers and had two defensive touchdowns. So. Yeah. And like, yeah, I only saw a little bit of that Steelers game and, but Watt, you know, he definitely showed up. Watson and Highsmith both were, I mean, constantly just harassing Deshaun Watson. So that's why I think I'm probably going to pick the Steelers and say they win 17-14 with one defensive touchdown and probably 400 sacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poor Jimmy. Yeah. It's not going to be a pretty game. So, and then obviously... Logue just texted me and said he's obviously not joining this evening, so I'll just give a quick thoughts on on his Panthers. I know he's not feeling inspired about the quarterback choice that they made in Bryce Young. Uh, it's super early in the season, so he's definitely not saying, you know, season's over. Um, he was definitely hopeful that they would pick C.J. Stroud, and through two games, it looks like Stroud probably would have been the better option. Um, but Bryce Young, I mean, he was – the same size as he is now in college and, and had a very successful college season. Um, so I, I think he has the tools. I just don't think the Panthers have the offensive weaponry around him to make him successful, especially on offensive line. So I think they're going to have to make some investments on the offensive side of the football. And like I said, they may end up trading Brian Burns to get some more assets because at this point, they're not quite ready to compete. And the defense is playing well enough to keep them in games, but I mean, if you're losing, if you're losing to the Saints with the offensive performance that they put up, I mean, that's that's not telling you 
that it's going to be a good season. So, plus, like I said, they lost Shaq Thompson probably for the year, which is one of their better defensive players and probably the leader in that clubhouse on the defensive side of the football. So, um, I don't think this season is going to be a very good season for the Panthers, and it pains me to say that. Um, I know Logue's not excited because he feels like if had they kept Wilkes around, they'd probably be two and zero, and they probably would have made the the Stroud decision versus the um, Bryce Young. But we obviously don't know that. It's just how Logue feels about it, and I I can't say that I disagree that if had they kept. Wilkes around, I, I feel like they would have had a better team. Um, Reich is an offensive mind and they have no offense. So I don't know how well that speaks to him, but anyway, we'll move on from them. Um, just a couple quick notable injuries from around the league. Obviously we already mentioned uh, Nick Chubb at the top. He had a brutal injury. So we're definitely praying for him for a, a recovery. I don't know that, Football is probably going to be in his mind for the near future. I mean, he had a very similar injury back in college when he was playing for Georgia and came back and became one of the better running backs in all the NFL. But, I mean, that was, what, eight years ago now? So how his body recovers, I mean, they already announced that he's out for the season. Who knows if he'll ever play football again. So really just praying for recovery for him and and hopefully he gets full use of his leg again and and maybe if he can return to football that would be a good thing but i don't know that that's necessarily what he needs to be worried about right now in his recovery process so um aaron Rodgers was obviously a, a huge injury right at the beginning of the season i think it was on the fourth snap he took for the jets uh, he did yeah. announce that he will be fighting to come back and he didn't even rule out coming back potentially towards the end of the season. Um, the guy that he got surgery from is Dr. Neil Trache or Tache. I don't remember how you say his last name, but he's the one that revolutionized the uh, Tommy John surgery with the brace that has the, the quicker recovery time. I think he did surgery on Brock Purdy, didn't he? I, I don't recall who the doctor was. I'm pretty um, sure it was him. So, I mean, I, I think, Brock went to like Texas or something. So if he's based in Texas, then maybe, but yeah. So anyway, Rogers said, you know, I mean, typically you have Achilles injuries. It's like a nine month recovery, nine, 12 month recovery where, you know, he's not going to be running and cutting or anything like that. I think he could probably recover a little bit sooner than that. Um, where he's just, I mean, you're still dropping back. You're still putting a lot of weight on that foot to, to push off. Um, but I don't think it will be as long a recovery, but he is also 39. So I guess we'll, we'll see how his body recovers and, and maybe he comes back towards the end of the season for a playoff push. If the jets are there, um, I'm sure if they're out of the playoff race by that point, they won't rush it and, and just look towards building for next year. Um, but then you have Cooper cup. He's had a lingering issue. I believe it was with his knee. Uh, he's on IR to start the season, but they said he should probably be back um, by by that week four when he can be designated to return. Uh, but we'll obviously keep a close eye on that because I feel like his involvement in that Rams offense is going to dictate how far they can go. Um, and then Saquon Barkley, we already kind of mentioned, he's week to week, they said, potentially after three weeks for that ankle injury. 
any others? I mean, we talked about Shaq Thompson. Any others you can think of right off the top of your head? Not I. The, there's a bunch, but I, I can't think of their name. Like, there's some like defensive stars and stuff, or like running backs. Crazy. Yeah, running backs have been hit. I I have three running backs on my fantasy football team. No, I have four. We have we have a four position limit. I have one on IR, so I'm technically have five on my roster, and four of those five missed last week with injuries. <laughs> So running back position has been hit pretty hard. Um, anyway, we won't get in all of those. But And then, like I said, the NFL season award predictions, we'll, we'll get those posted just so we have record of them. And then we picked our uh, playoff scenarios and all that fun stuff. I don't know that Kyle ever sent me his, but I'm sure he's got them written down somewhere. Um, and then I just want to touch real quick on MLB playoffs because they're coming up soon. Uh, and then Shohei Otani just had his Tommy John surgery. Uh, his agent announced that he'll be ready by the start of the 2024 season for hitting and then 2025 season for pitching. So I think that's obviously going to affect his free, his impending free agent contract. Um, he didn't get much of a send off from the angels. Essentially he cleaned out his locker. Uh, I think it was Sunday night and they didn't do any special announcement or anything. Monday morning, they basically just said he's being put on the IL to have surgery and he'll miss the rest of the year. Uh, that's likely the last time we'll see Joey Otani in a an Angels uniform. So I thought that they would do, you know, something, some kind of thank you, but nothing. So <laughs> um, I don't know what that does for his free agent contract. Like I said, I, I think it'll probably shorten the the length of the contract for sure. And the dollar sign is still going to be astronomical because, you know, just the opportunity to potentially add a all-star on both sides of the baseball uh, is once in a lifetime type of deal, but where he's not going to be pitching until 2025 at soonest. I don't know what teams are going to be willing to do. So we'll probably dig into that as that becomes more of a reality in the, in the off season for baseball. But you have some thoughts on that? I mean, you know, he's still a great hitter and, you know, teams are willing to pay a lot for a good hitter. So, and then, you know, you wait an extra year and then you'll have a great pitcher too. So, yeah. Well, the numbers we were throwing around in our uh, contract estimations were like, yeah, I think I said <laughs> 75 million a year. I don't think he's going to get that for his first season. So obviously they can do some things where they, say this is what you're going to make this year and then next year assuming you're able to do both we'll we'll do an escalator in that to bring it up closer to what you're worth or whatever so it's just going to probably be a lot more clauses in there for for health or whatever especially since this is his second tommy john surgery and the list of guys that have come back from a second tommy john and excelled is very small i mean you have like your justin verlanders um trying to think any others that actually excelled after coming back. I mean, the list is very short, so I'm sure it's giving some, some owners some, some hesitancy before handing out a, a major contract like they would expect for prior to him getting that second Tommy John. So, but like I said, playoffs is coming up. The races are shaping up very interestingly uh, in the AL West. 
it's separated by one and a half games between the Astros, Mariners, and Rangers. And obviously that's as of the start of the night because some of those teams are still playing. So we'll see how it ends up. I mean, Orioles just won and like they clinched something or another. And yeah, I've probably clinched the division. Uh, Well, no, it can't be the division because you guys are only a couple games behind them. So I I think like two and a half right now or something, but they probably clinched a playoff spot is what they clinched. So they're guaranteed to make the playoffs now. But yeah, like you alluded to, East is separated by two games uh, just between the O's and the Rays at the start of standings tonight. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have finished your game. If the O's have clinched playoff, they must have finished theirs. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, Rays beat the Angels. So Cool. So, yeah, s- still two games apart, I guess. Uh, and then you have, for the wild card in the, in the AL, you have Jays, Mariners, and Rangers all separated by one game for that second wild card spot. Isn't it three? Well, I saw it was only one, and that was earlier today. No, no, I meant there's three, like there's, you know, East, Central, West each get one, and then there's three wild card spots, right? Oh, yes, you're right. So, yes, between the Blue Jays, it's actually one and a half now. Blue Jays have a one and a half game lead over the second or that third wild card spot that is currently held by the Mariners. Rangers are tied with the Mariners for that for that third spot. And then the Yankees are clear six and a half games back. So I don't think they're, they're going to make the playoffs. But, you know, you can always have a crazy run right at the end. Um, we've seen crazier things. So, um, And then National League side, you have the Braves, Dodgers, and Brewers that have pretty much run away with their divisions. Uh, so the NL wild card is actually pretty crazy because Phillies, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, Reds, and Giants are all separated by like five games total. So you got, or like really, even like even if you just ignore the Phillies, and then you got the last two spots. Yeah, last two spots. Like you got them separated by two and a half games. So it's insane. Yeah. Um, and Padres, I mean, they're not. They're they're about to beat the Rockies. Like it's supposed to be like a no hitter right now. So they're not you know. out of it yet. <laughs> I mean, as bad as they played, they're still in the conversation just because of how close the, the wild card race is. And like you said, they're about to win. That'll be their sixth in a row. Um, the, they just had a, a very interesting article come out from The Athletic talking about their disarray in that organization because of the GM and the disconnect with Bob Melvin, the, the current manager. I know a lot of people are throwing blame at Bob Melvin for the situation that's going on in San Diego. But I mean, the guy is three time manager of the year. I don't think he's the problem where AJ Preller has basically ran off every single manager he's had and hasn't had much success there, despite having one of the highest payrolls in all of baseball. So uh, there's some rumors saying that Melvin might get fired at the end of the year when really, I think they need to be looking at the front office, but the owner of the team, Peter Seidler, I think his name is, he just loves AJ Preller. So, I mean, I think other than 
Preller essentially wasting $275 million of his this year. I don't know what else it would take for them to fire Preller before Bob Melvin, but I don't think Melvin is the problem in this situation just based on, you know, having him as manager for the past. I think he was with the A's for the past since 2012. Might even been 11, 10, somewhere in there. He's with the A's forever and <laughs> absolutely loved him as manager. Um, I think he outperformed almost every season. So I don't know, man. I feel like in one year he didn't just lose his ability to manage where you, you have a GM with proven track record of not having success. So anyway, um, Fun stuff going on in MLB. Can't wait for the playoffs to start. Obviously, I won't be paying as close attention as I would if the A's were in it, and they have been eliminated, I don't know, probably 30 games ago. But <laughs> I, I still do love me some MLB baseball, especially in the playoffs. So I'll, I'll be tuning in and, and pulling for your Rays. I, I pretty much love the Braves because – they're the A's East at this point with all the guys that we let go to <laughs> let go to, to the, to the Braves. So anyway, um, anything you had to add before we call it? Um, so in minor news, um, so there's a pioneer league, which is a developmental league in baseball. The Billings Mustangs just lost to the Ogden Raptors, like in the pioneer league world series. So Dang it. Yeah. Oh, well. Makes me sad that a Utah team won. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's a Wyoming team. It's like Montana, Idaho, and like Utah, and maybe Colorado's got a couple. Yeah. I don't think there's any Wyoming teams in it. Probably not. I mean, Wyoming did have the Casper... I think they were the ghosts, honestly. I think they were the Casper ghosts back when I lived there. But, I mean, there's been so many minor league teams that have lost, or so many cities that have lost their minor league teams yeah. with the, the realignment in baseball. So I don't know that they still have it. But we got to play on that field for state every year in Casper, and it was a very nice field to play at. So anyway... All right, so we will call it a pod there. Um, like I said at the, the top, make sure you guys follow us. Share us if you can. Uh, we put these clips out. Obviously, we're on all po- podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch, uh, Twitter, X, and uh, Facebook. So anywhere you guys can see us, please follow, please share, and we would appreciate it. We do like you guys tuning in and getting those comments in. So. We will catch you on the next one, hopefully, this weekend, talking about the upcoming games other than the ones we've already talked about. We will catch you on the next one. See ya.